When it comes to the massive challenge of cutting carbon emissions, we usually hear about big offenders like fossil fuel intensive industries and you know dirty coal-fired power stations, for example. But what about your office or home computer and daily necessities like the cloud, where so much data is stored these days? There's a report out this morning and says that data centres are now critical to the global economy. And they also create a growing share of emissions, though you might not know it. Let's get more on this now. This is intriguing. The ABC senior business correspondent, Peter Ryan, is uh, with me in the studio. So, yeah, interesting, Peter. It's something that doesn't really occur to us, right? What's this report telling us? Well, good morning, Tom. Yes, so these data centres are scattered in cities and towns in Australia and around the world. At the weekend, I noticed a big, shiny new one at Gore Hill in Sydney at the ABC's old Channel 2 site uh, where data is uh, backed up stored, probably backed up again somewhere else. We call it the cloud, but of course it's down here on Earth in physical buildings and we take all of this for granted. But the Institute of Sustainable Futures at UTS in Sydney and the US tech company Pure Storage, they've been looking at the impact of carbon emissions and found that IT and data centres make up around 1% of global energy consumption and IT-related software might account for a massive 14% of emissions by 2040. Now, it's a given that demand for data is only going to increase, especially with the rise of artificial intelligence. The problem, according to this report, is that IT companies aren't including data-related emissions in their ESG reporting. That's environment, social and governance which opens up the risk of greenwashing in the $7 billion sector. I spoke with the report's author, Gordon Noble, who told me that although these data centres might appear to be benign environmentally, they need a lot of energy just to stay cool, and that's a problem, especially with more hot summers predicted, putting enormous pressure on the electricity grid. Data centres like a human body, it likes to be sort of 20 degrees. So in the context of the biggest energy usage for data centres here in Australia is we're going to be seeing on those peak days, the peak days where, for instance, you might have a 40, 45 degree day, that's the day the data centre's working hardest to make sure it's cool. But it's also the same day that we're, we're trying to keep our homes cool. So as we've seen in Ireland and other countries, data centres can have impacts on the, on the energy grid. So it's why we sort of need to know where, where we are, if you like, in our own consumption. So is this going to be putting pressure on the grid at a time when it's already under enormous pressure? Look, that's the question. If we're heading towards drier, hotter spells here in Australia, if we do have those 45 degree days, well, we know what it's like having those days. And if those data centres are in parts of our cities where it's pretty hot already, yeah, we need to ask those questions. We need to understand, you know, what the impact on the grid will be. How does this fit in with climate reporting uh, because of the perception that tech doesn't necessarily pollute? The challenge has been is that uh, sustainability professionals that we've we surveyed, they've got a lot on their plate. There's uh, many things that they're trying to consider, many issues they're trying to work out how to decarbonise. So, so it's fair to say data centres haven't been front and centre. That's why I think it has to be on the agenda for corporate Australia, because it's corporate Australia who will be making investments, for instance, using AI and working out they need to know when they make those investments 
what are the energy implications of those those investments that they might make in terms of new new applications that consumers can use? So it's it's a key issue for corporate Australia. What sort of regulations need to be put around tech and also these data centres so they're properly reporting their management of emissions? I think the role for the federal government, for instance, can be to say, well, let's have a sustainability roadmap for every data centre so they all have an energy efficiency rating. We know that that's not the case at the moment. Is there a risk that companies, in particular tech companies, could be caught out greenwashing if they don't have the right standards? It, it is a growing issue for every single corporate. It is, it is around the transparency of what you do. So every time we use, uh, whether it's Google searches, whether you're using all the apps, etc., there's effectively data centres in the background and they're quite energy intensive. Okay, so that's Gordon Noble, uh, the author of that report from the Institute of Sustainable Futures at the University of Technology, Sydney, speaking with Peter Ryan, who's still with me in the studio. So, uh, yeah, fascinating, Peter. As we heard, we all sort of rely on these data centres What are the solutions to this then? Well, this is what this uh, report's all about. It's not saying that there's apathy out there among IT managers. It's just not up there with the big, obvious issues to do with emissions. And the report says 77% of the IT chiefs they've surveyed say they can't reach their sustainability goals without significantly reducing energy use to power and cool these data centres. And worse, that 70% had sustainability on their radar, but only 9% fully considered it when they're doing up their reports, some not at all. So the report's saying this is a big wake-up call given the, that the uh, the worries when you wrap in renewables, the reliance on data that we all have in using our Google search and apps, governments and businesses need to do a much better job in reducing emissions and reducing data centres, of course, is clearly not an option in today's world. Just uh, while I've got you there, we'll be getting a major update on inflation later this week. What can we expect and what might that mean? mean for interest rates, Peter? Right. Uh, this is on Wednesday. The Consumer Price Index likely to have risen by 1% in the second quarter of this year. That's down from 1.2% in the previous reading. That could see the annual pace of inflation come in at 6.2%, down sharply from 7%, so heading in the right direction. Now, while that's still above the RBA's 2 to 3% target band, evidence of falling inflation could convince the RBA board to leave the cash rate on hold at next week's August meeting, but that could be tempered by those employment figures we saw out last week, which showed a remarkable, uh, remarkably strong state of Australia's employment market with the jobless rate dipping to 3.5%. So that's a, a problem for the Reserve Bank and everyone will be watching those consumer inflation figures on Wednesday. Good on you, Peter. Thank you very much. That's the ABC Senior Business Correspondent Peter Ryan with us there.